your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 8th, 2021. Your boy Q here, following the Raiders' loss. The Raiders lose 23-16 to the New York football Giants, dropping their overall record to 5-3 and three on the season. So we have plenty to talk about on today's show. I'd like to thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, the Locked On Raiders podcast is free and available on all platforms. Again, the Raiders lose 23-16 to the Giants and drop to 5-3 and three on the season. Coming up in segment number three of today's shows, your thoughts, your calls, your texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. That is the number. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk about, well, just give my overall thoughts on the game, kind of break it on down, what I think went wrong, what I think is fixable, and what I think is, well, could be a problem throughout the rest of the course of the season. So a lot to get to on the show. Obviously, here in segment number one, I'd like to give you the news and notes of the day, and since it's coming off a game, just kind of give you the breakdown of the numbers of the game, plus here a little bit of post-game audio. And there is some roster news that has to do with the silver and black as well, so we'll go ahead and jump right into it. As far as the numbers go for the game, uh, Derek Carr, 30 for 46, 296 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. He had a pick six. He had a 23.8 QBR and a 72.4 rating overall. Just not a very good day at the office for one Derek Carr. He was high on a lot of throws. He was behind on a lot of throws. Just missed a lot of guys. Had the two interceptions. The pick six was brutal. I mean, there was just a bad day for Derek Carr, and that was a bad day to have a bad day as far as Carr was concerned. Again, almost 300 yards passing. Uh, it looks almost good on paper, but it's not almost good. It was a bad day, bad game, and really, I mean, the, the Raiders lose the game because Derek Carr has a bad game. I mean, Darren Waller, wide open in the end zone, misses him. Darren Waller, you know, at the goal line, uh, kind of a tough Tough pass. He probably should have caught it, but still it was a tough pass. It was just, like I said, a very bad day for Derek Carr, who's been the leader of the team throughout the course of the season. Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, had his best game on the ground, 13 carries for 76 yards, but that was really it. You know, he got going, got cooking early, and then you kind of saw the Raiders go away from him. You saw Kenyon Drake have some good moments as well. Josh Jacobs, again, banged up throughout the course of the game. He just I hate it. He just cannot stay healthy. You know, you saw him go in and out of the game with uh, multiple, believe, ankle injuries. Looks like his ankle was uh, kind of tweaked a little bit. So uh, he, he stayed in the game, still played, but you could tell that he wasn't 100%. Darren Waller had seven catches for 92 yards, but I never thought that any of them were big-time plays. There was moments where he had opportunities to make big plays, uh, but it was never anything major. Kenyon Drake, six catches, 60 yards, thought he played well, thought that Kenyon Drake is starting to come along, start to thought he's he's doing a lot more what the Raiders expected when they signed him in uh, in the offseason. So a uh, good day for Kenyon Drake, but again, obviously wasn't enough for the Raiders overall. Hunter Renfro was a guy that was busy early and often, seven catches, 49 yards, and the only touchdown on the day. Defensively, unique in Gakwe, couple sacks, a forced fumble, uh, thought, man, things are going to be really good the Raiders had three sacks in the first half never got a sack in the second half but in the first half they were cooking with grease and Unique Ngakwe was leading the way again two sacks a forced fumble Darius Phylon recovered that fumble the Raiders settled for a field goal Nate Hobbs also had a sack on the day the Raiders turned the ball over three times the Giants only turned the ball over one time the Raiders went to the red zone six times only score one touchdown. Obviously, that's going to be a major key to the game. We'll talk about it a lot coming up in segment number two. 
Uh, now I want to go ahead and jump into some post-game audio. Obviously, the Raiders dealt with a lot of mess going on all week long leading up to the Giants game. Didn't know, and I mentioned it multiple times on the show, I did not know how that was going to impact it. Were they going to go out there and look flat? Were they going to go out there and just uh, look like football players and just go ball out and kind of really uh, put everything, all the drama going on off the field behind them? Uh, it was just, it was really strange. You know, and the last time the Raiders had a really strange, ugly game was the Chicago Bears game at Allegiant Stadium, and that's when they had drama going on. That was Gruden in the emails. Now, I'll say it didn't really look like the Raiders were affected 100% by everything that was going on with, uh, you know, with Henry Ruggs off the field. But at the same time, it looked like they weren't clicking on all cylinders. So I think that that may have had some kind of a factor. You know, it, it played a little bit of a role, at least in the outcome of the game and the way that the execution of the game uh, was on Sunday. So here's Rich Bisaccia, his opening statement following the game. Heck of an effort out there uh, by the Giants, you know, for the game to go down to the bitter end like that. Thought we competed all the way to the, certainly to the last series, the last play of our uh, particular offensive drive. Uh, we knew coming up here we were playing a physical um, football team um, that had come back in a bunch of second half games. We just saw what they did on uh, the night game last Sunday night. So, in our opinion, you know, right now we just ended up minus two in the turnovers, um, three in the second half, and then one of them certainly turned into points, went against us there with the interception. Um, we gave up an explosive play in the first drive uh, for the Giants. Obviously, the 30-yard touchdown down there at the um, in the corner of the end zone, and we just didn't have enough explosives on offense really to keep us where we thought we could, you know, we could finish a little bit better than we did. Field position-wise, we had a poor decision over there, and Hunter catching it that deep in there, and then the ball came out. We ended up getting it, but we were backed up a little bit on that drive. We were backed up. Uh, one of their punts earlier in the game as well. And then in the fourth quarter, obviously you missed the opportunity. You missed that short field goal like that. It's like missing a PAT. The, the game changes. So um, you start going through your chart for what you're going to do when you score. Uh, and then obviously the last drive, we turned it over again at the end. So it's kind of where we're at. I'll uh, answer any questions. So there is interim head coach Rich Basaccia right there, his opening statement. I love how detailed he is on his opening statement. Really breaks it down and kind of lets you know what his overall thoughts were on all aspects of the game. So you heard him talk about uh, missing explosive plays. So he was asked about how much the offense missed Henry Ruggs as far as those explosive plays goes. Yeah, I, I don't think that's part of it. You know, we had the, we had a big explosive with Waller down there, and then we had the other one late that we ended up getting a 15-yard penalty on for going down there to um, – push the pocket a little bit at the end, you know, push the run. But even on defense, some of the explosives that we ended up doing a good job there, we had a 15-yard penalty, the hand in the head, and um, I think we had another one late, you know, two of those on, on uh, Hobbs. So they eliminated some of the explosives that we actually did have by some of the uncharacteristic penalties. We haven't had those in the last two weeks. Yeah, and there was definitely some penalties that happened on the Raiders that were very untimely. Uh, Nate Hobbs had the pass interference penalty. He had the hands to the face of the quarterback, the roughing the passer quarterback uh, penalty. That was a bad one. Uh, Nick Martin had a 15-yard penalty for uh, piling on the, the pile when after a big explosive run, and I thought that that was really kind of tic-tac. But, uh, yeah, there was, there was a few of them there that really – hurt the Raiders in a major way when they were coming up with some big plays, both offensively and defensively. So, of course, uh, one of the themes that was asked to everybody who met with the media, and look, Rich Bisaccia met, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Unique Ngakwe, Hunter Renfro, all those guys met with the media following the game. And, of course, emotions were the theme with everybody. So, Rich Bisaccia was asked about the team being emotionally impacted by what happened with Ruggs, and, and did he see that impact on the field? You know, we're, we've all been emotionally impacted by what happened in that particular situation but again as the week went on I feel like the men that are in that locker room right now um, 
collectively and individually got themselves to the point where what they do best is play football. And I thought they came here today and they played football and they played it well. And again, we just didn't execute to the point of where we have been the last two weeks or in a place that we would like to. And um, certainly we'll get back on a plane and address it tomorrow. So Rich Basaccia felt throughout the course of the week that the team got better and better and uh, got away from the Henry Ruggs issue and really got closer to playing football, 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 and he felt good about it. And I know when I was there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center on Friday uh, meeting with Rich Basaccia, he you know was in pretty good spirits and said they had just came off a really good practice. So uh, I don't think that it was as much emotionally charged as a lot of us thought it could have been going into the game, but you felt like, or at least I felt like there was some impact there. I, I, again, I'm not going to sit there and say the the reason the Raiders lost is because everything that was going on with the Henry Ruggs situation off the field because they just got flat out beat I mean that's just straight up they got flat out beat they did not have a good performance Derek Carr picked the worst day to have a bad day I mean simple as that and we'll talk about it coming up in segment number two uh the final little soundbite I want you to hear is one from Derek Carr just on what went wrong offensively and why it was never why the offense was never really in sync we moved the heck out of the ball you know we had things that we wanted um, and uh, we just can't turn the ball. I can't turn the ball over. Um, you know, can't throw interceptions. Uh, the strip at the end. I didn't see the guy. I was throwing the ball to Darren in the end zone. Um, I didn't see him. But the, you can't turn the ball over. That's why we lost the game. I mean, we come out and we we fight at the end. We get a touchdown. We get you know, we win the game. We're talking about different stuff. You know, and not certain emotions and all that kind of stuff. Um, at the end of the day, we're football players, so we play football. You know, um, but. Uh, just can't turn it over. And yeah, I mean, he's right. Again, we'll talk about it in great detail in segment number two, but can't turn the ball over, got to cash in in the red zone, and he didn't do both. Or he did do both. <laughs> he turned the ball over, and he didn't cash in in the red zone. So uh, you get what I'm trying to say. Uh, everything that you didn't want to do, he did. And, you know, the team did. It just obviously did not work out. So we'll get into, like I said, great detail coming up in the next segment. I did want to give you a couple updated roster uh, reports for the Raiders. We talked about last week Deshaun Jackson and the fact that he had cleared waivers. He had an opportunity to sign with any team. Well, he reported, and then Josina Anderson reported as well, that he indeed is signing with the Raiders today. So Deshaun Jackson, 34 years old, is signing with the Silver and Black. Is he going to be the end-all, be-all? Is he going to make the offense all of a sudden that much greater? Probably not, but he's going to be uh, another piece of depth. You know, he'll be another wide receiver that they could put out there. He's a guy that you know, at the very least, has speed. So Deshaun Jackson is, in fact, signing with the Raiders at 34 years old. He's played in seven games so far this year with the Rams, has eight catches for 221 yards. So eight catches, 221 yards. That's a pretty good number as far as uh, uh, per catch, right? He has one touchdown, uh, and he went 75 yards on that one. So you know he can stretch the field. But, again, is he going to make the offense all of a sudden put him over the top so they never have a day like they had on Sunday? No, but he's just an added piece. Now, as far as Odell Beckham Jr., he is officially being released today, and if he clears waivers, then he'll be a free agent on Tuesday. I mentioned it before. I don't think he's a good fit with the Raiders. I still don't think he's a good fit with the Raiders. With that being said, I don't know if they're going to go after him or not. But, again, they're 25th, I believe, around 25 as far as the uh, waiver wire uh, order goes. And so they're, they're going to have to wait for a lot of teams to try to, to, uh, to be able to claim him off waivers if that's what they want to do. Again, I don't think he's a good fit, but that's just me. So we'll see what they choose to do. But if he clears waivers, he'll be a free agent and can sign with any team. And apparently the Seahawks are his team of choice right now, at least the team that he wants to go to. But 
it might not end up being up to him. So we'll see what happens later on today when he gets officially released from the Cleveland Browns. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. News and notes of the day, talking about the Raiders' 23-16 loss to the New York football Giants. And we'll talk more about that in great detail coming up in segment number two. Going to really break down the game, talk about how you cannot allow this one loss to beat you twice. We'll do that up in segment number two. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Direct TV Stream. And I'm sure you've had this issue before. You have one device that lets you watch the game live. Then you have another one that you're streaming your favorite show. You're watching your sports highlights on your phone. And then, well, you got your neighbor's best friend log in so you can go check out Netflix or anything else that you want to stream, right? Well, there's a way to get a simple entertainment that you love without hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch all your favorite sports. You can watch all your favorite movies and all your shows all in one place. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the confusion. Get your TV together right now with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Segment number two, it is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to really break down the game in general. Want to break down what I saw on Sunday morning. 23-16 loss to the New York Football Giants, a game that I did not go to. I was able to actually watch the game from the comforts of my own home. And, uh, boy, I'm telling you, it's probably a good thing. (laughs) You know, you travel to the East Coast uh, to watch that kind of game and cover that kind of game. That's a long, lonely drive, or not drive, but flight back to to Las Vegas. So, uh, luckily, I stayed. Uh, stayed in in town for that one and uh, we'll be back in Allegiant Stadium on Sunday for the Raiders and Kansas City Chiefs game of course that's going to be a big one next Sunday night but let's talk about what we saw from the game on Sunday and I mentioned it in segment number one that Derek Carr just had an awful game and he did and there was multiple times that he just missed guys you know there was too many times you get down into the red zone and you have to end up settling for field goals because you're not hitting the guys that are there you know the normal plays that you normally hit are just there. He was just off. I mean, there was passes that was behind Hunter Renfro. There was passes that was over Darren Waller's heads. There was even passes that, you know, even Darren Waller could have came up with one right there by the goal line, but it still wasn't a very good pass. You know, it's just he was never on at all, in my opinion, throughout the course of the day. There was moments where he looked like, okay, he had a couple in a row, hit a couple in a row, and then maybe that's going to get him going. Maybe that's going to get him cooking. And then no, then he has a bad pass. And, you know, having an interception is one thing, but having a pick six resulting in points, I mean, that's just that's just another thing. And when he had that in the second second half, you know, when the Raiders really had an opportunity to go and try to uh, get back into the end zone or try to score some more and try to, uh, you know, extend their lead that they had that they had going into the locker room at halftime. And then all of a sudden, boom, a pick six. And it wasn't even close. I mean, it was one of those that he was just late on, on arrival trying to get the ball to Hunter Renfro. And it, again, it just... I don't want to sit here and say, oh, it has everything to do with what was going on off the field. But you could tell that they just weren't right. I don't know how much it had to do with traveling to the East Coast. I don't know how much it had to do with the time change. I don't know how much it had to do with, obviously, what was going on off the field, uh, coming off a bye as well. I mean, there were so many different things, so many different elements to this game. And you would think that the Raiders, knowing what they had in front of them, something we talked about all week long, all the opportunity they had, how everything really fell in their lap going into the bye week, 
And then all of a sudden, they just come out flat like they did on uh, on Sunday. And, you know, at first I thought, okay, it's going to be a one of those shootout games because the defense, again, allowed the Giants just to go straight up and down the field, score a touchdown real quick, fast, in a hurry, and the G-men are up 7-0. But in typical fashion that the Raiders' defense has done throughout the course of the year, they tightened up. They tightened up. They did a good job getting the getting the ball back after the Raiders scored a touchdown. They got the ball back after Unique Ngakwe causes a fumble. And then, boom, what do they do? They score three. We talked about that so many times that you cannot get into the red zone and settle for three. In this league, this NFL, field goals are not going to win you games. And every single time they settle for a field goal, I kept saying, I looked up and my dad was sitting right next to me and I said, field goals aren't going to win this game. Field goals aren't going to win this game. And it's, I know it's the New York Giants, but it doesn't matter because teams could score and teams could find a ways to get into the end zone. How many people thought going into the game Derek Carr was going to throw a pick six? I didn't, but... It put seven points up on the board for the G-Men. I mean, you've got to cash in in the red zone. You could be the best team between the 20s, and what does that get you? Nothing. <laughs> it gets you a bunch of stats and a bunch of yards, which means nothing if you lose the game. I mean, if you go back and look at the numbers as far as the yards go, the Raiders had more yards than the G-Men. The Raiders had time of possession more than the G-Men, but they, had one, they were one for six when they got to the red zone. And they turned the ball over three times. Two interceptions and a fumble. I mean, and with all that being said, as bad as the game was, they still had an opportunity at the end. That kind of lets you know how bad the Giants are. That they're just not, I mean, they had opportunities to put the Raiders away and they couldn't do it. And then the Raiders had opportunities to get back into the game. We're looking at the game like, man, as bad as they played, they could still at least tie the game. If they tie the game and go to overtime, then who knows what happens. But they couldn't get it done because, well, another turnover, you know, crept up and, and made it happen. And so there was just so many different elements to this game that you just you just don't like to see from the team, you know. And then you double down and you go back and say, OK, well, what did the rest of the AFC West do? Well, the Broncos blew out the Cowboys 30 to 16. Now they're five and four on the season. The Chiefs knocked out the Packers 13 to seven. They're five and four on the season. The Chargers, they beat the Eagles 27 24. They're five and three on the season. Everyone in the AFC West has five wins. Now you went from being in first place just a week ago. I mean, last Monday, last week on this day, we were talking about the Raiders in first place and how they had everything in front of them. Now they're still technically tied for first place, but the Chargers have a victory over them already. So they're in the standings right now. They're sitting behind the Chargers. And then the Chiefs and the Broncos are, are sitting behind them. But, I mean, everything is square. Now you have, you have the Chiefs coming to town on Sunday. So now this is, becomes a game, and I, I never say it's a must-win game when you're only, you know, eight or nine games into the season. But this is one you got to have. you got to find a way to win this game. It's an AFC West game. I mean, you don't want to fall to a two-game losing streak, then all of a sudden be sitting there at 5-4 and four in the division and let the Chiefs get up to 6-4. and four. You don't want the Chiefs, as bad as they've been playing, to get on a roll. That's the one thing I can tell you. You don't want to give them a little bit of juice. They played bad. I mean, I know that they won the game against the Packers, but they didn't play well. They really didn't. So now all of a sudden the Raiders have got to find a way to get back on their horse and try to find the way to win this game Sunday night at home at Allegiant Stadium. But, you know, going back to the game on Sunday... Obviously, the red zone was the big bugaboo. You got to get it done in the red zone. Defensively, you've got to be able to stop the run. You know, Gus Bradley has done a really good job with the defense. They've been really much improved when it comes to getting after the quarterback. Unique Ngakwe has been great in that, that sense. Max Crosby's been great. Uh, you've seen all these guys get after the quarterback, put the pressure. Great. But, man, they cannot stop the run. And it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse later on in the season. I, I say it all the time. In December... 
November and December is when the run game's really got to be effective. That's when teams are going to want to run the rock, especially when you go to Kansas City, when you go to Cleveland, when you make those road trips and it's cold outside. You know what they're going to want to do? They're going to want to pound the rock. And if you can't stop that, they're going to gash you. The G-Men, they gashed them. Devontae Booker gashed them. That's one, that's one big issue, and that's been one big hole in Gus Bradley's defense. Yes, he's able to get after the quarterback with that front four, but he's not able to stop the run effectively. And that was a big issue that the Raiders had on Sunday as well, so they've got to clean that up before the Kansas City Chiefs come to town. And then, probably my biggest point, I, was, I had high expectations for Zay Jones. I talked all week long to anybody who would listen that I thought Zay Jones was going to have an opportunity to step up and be a guy. You know, he's, he's uh, paid his dues. He learned every role. He learned every route. He's, you know, been patient, waiting for that opportunity to get out there and show what he can do. And unfortunately for him, and look, it's a, it could be just a combination of a bad game from Derek Carr and uh, uh, just a mediocre game from him, but he really didn't do too much. He didn't do too much as far as get the separation that you need to see him get. I know that Zay Jones is fast. Is he Henry Ruggs fast? No, but he's got speed. Does he have ability? Yes, but I thought he was going to really step up and, and, and play a bigger role and say, okay, you know what, now, now is my time. And, you know, we always talk about and you always hear coaches say, well, it's the next man up, next man up. And I've always said if the next man up was that good, he'd be the first man up instead of the next man, right? <laughs> I mean, that's one of the biggest keys. If the, if the next man was the, be- was the best man, he would have been the man instead of the, the next guy in line. But I did think that Zay Jones had an opportunity, especially with his relationship that he had with Carr. And unfortunately, from what I saw on Sunday, look, this could improve. It could just be a one-off game. He just didn't look like he's going to be that guy. He didn't look like he's going to be able to fill that void. And, and I'm not saying that he's got to just step up and be exactly who Henry Ruggs was, but you thought he was going to be a lot more serviceable. Now, the, the ball that Derek Carr threw and was intercepted when he was trying to go to Zay Jones, that was just a bad throw. He should have never even thrown that ball. That was bad. He, he, he looked it down the whole time. I mean, the, the safety read it like a book. It was too easy, but... You just didn't see that separation that you wanted to see from Zay Jones. So, uh, you know, obviously he's going to have more of an opportunity now. He's going to have that role to fill in. Again, I said Deshaun Jackson is signing with the Raiders today. I don't know how quickly he's going to be able to get up to speed. I really don't even expect to see him play this Sunday against the Chiefs. Who knows? Maybe he's able to to work it out. We'll ask Rich Bisaccia uh, later on today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center when we meet with him uh, for his media session. We'll ask him. You know, hey, do you expect, and this is only, and look, I, we can't even really ask about him unless Deshaun Jackson signing is official by the time we have the, the media session because he'll say, well, I can't speak on anyone who's not under contract. So if you haven't got a tweet, if you haven't seen a tweet from me saying Deshaun Jackson is now official, you know, the, the little uh, email that the team sends out, then really we can ask him about him, but he'll, that's the answer he'll give. Well, I can't comment on anybody that's not a, a, under contract with the team. So <laughs> that'll, that'll be that. Now, if he does sign before and they put that email out, then we can ask him, hey, do you expect him to play on Sunday? And, again, I don't think that he will. I really don't. I, I don't think that you'll see Deshaun Jackson until the following week when the Cincinnati Bengals come to town. But, again, that's just my gut feeling, and we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. But the Raiders need something, man. They need to find a way to, to erase this ugly loss. They need not to uh, allow this loss to beat them twice. You know, I used to work with a buddy named Ward. He was uh, on my show all the time. He was an old coach, old football coach, and he used to always say, man, when a team takes an ugly loss, you've got to crumble that paper up, look at the tape, see what you did wrong, and then forget about it. 
Do not allow that loss to beat you twice. And I can tell you last year, the Raiders allowed a couple losses. That Kansas City Chiefs loss, that Sunday night game at Allegiant Stadium, they allowed that loss to beat them twice. They have to get rid of this one, clear their minds, do whatever they got to do to get over their emotions of what's been going on off the field and, and just get back to playing Raider football. Because still, even with the record the way they are, and even with the Chargers technically in first place, every team in the AFC West is at five wins. So there's not like they're all of a sudden out of it. But boy, it was a big shift in momentum from one week to the other, right? I mean, they're still, they, they went from being number two in the AFC, I think, to number five or six in the AFC now. That's how quickly things could change in the NFL. You could feel great about how your team is moving one day or how they're looking one day, and then boom, the next day you're looking up saying, what in the world just happened? What just happened? Wait, wait, but I thought, <laughs> I thought this was a playoff team, and I still do. I know a lot of people are going to say, hey, I'm not comfortable talking about the playoffs. I think this team, you should talk about the playoffs with this team because this team should talk about the playoffs. They should expect the playoffs. If you're not expecting the playoffs by now, I don't know what you're doing. I, I really don't. So uh, there's been many seasons where I hesitated to talk about the playoffs. I even called it the P word. Didn't want to speak on it because I didn't think this team was ready. I think this team is ready. If they're not ready to make the playoffs this year, then when are they going to be ready? I'll wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'll wait. That's just, that's just, it doesn't make any sense. And I know Gruden's not there anymore, but this is year four under the Gruden kind of regime. You know, the Gruden second time around. This is, this, this is, the time is now. If you're not going to make the playoffs now, when are you going to do it? So I'm still comfortable talking about it, but they're going to have to really turn things around. Not turn things around. They're going to have to get back on that horse and get back to, to winning ways the way they were uh, before this debacle in the Meadowlands in, uh, in, in New Jersey. Uh, that wasn't very good. MetLife Stadium. That was, a, that was a bad showing for the Silver and Black on Sunday. So that's all I got for you for segment number two. What's on your mind? Your thoughts? Your calls and texts are coming up next. 707-654-4693. That's the Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors here, including Built Bar. And I tell you about Built Bar all the time, right? It's a great tasting protein bar. Uh, matter of fact, sometimes when I'm just sitting around the house getting ready to watch a game, or maybe I am watching the game, just go ahead and have a Built Bar. You know, it's, it's a really great tasting protein bar, which is very rare to say. Most of the time when you're talking about a protein bar, you're talking about something that tastes chalky or waxy or it's dry. And you're like, man, I need something to be able to swallow this thing down, man. I got to get this thing down. Nah, nah, not with Built Bar. It's soft. It's covered 100% in real chocolate. Uh, when you bite into it, it's almost like biting into a candy bar. But instead, it's a protein bar and it's really good for you. Built Bars are low carb. Low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being great, great tasting. There's so many flavors, and this is something that you really need to go ahead and mark down. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So make sure you check the website early. Make sure you check the website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 when you go to check out, and you're going to get 15% off your order. So not only am I going to get you hooked up with a great taste of protein bar, I'm also going to get you hooked up with a way to save money. And who doesn't want to do that? I know I do. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. I also want to tell you about our good friends at betonline.ag. I love betonline.ag as I do my other Locked On podcast, which is the Locked On Bet Show with Lee Sterling. We talk about betonline.ag every single day because they have all the odds that you need for everything, basketball, 
football. Baseball's obviously over. The World Series is a wrap. Uh, the Braves got that victory over the Astros, but it was fun to watch October baseball, right? NHL is back. Boxing. Did you watch Canelo Saturday night? Did you see the fight Saturday night? That was great. UFC. By the way, did you see that Saturday night? It's all going on, and betonline.ag has got you covered with all the great sports, all the lines. All you got to do is go to the website and check it out. You can do it on your desktop or your mobile device. Sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. What does that mean? That means you drop $500 into your account, you use the promo code locked on, you get $250 on top of that, a 50% welcome bonus. So now we're giving away money. Who doesn't like free money? I do. <laughs> I love to save money and I love to get free money. That's just as simple as that. BetOnline.ag is going to get you hooked up. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and it's where the games start. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Let's start off with underrated Raider. He's calling in to share his thoughts on the game and the fact it was an ugly, ugly game. Here he is, underrated Raider. Q, what up? It's your boy, Underrated Raider, out of the high desert, 7-6-0. Bro, that was an ugly game, man. Carr looked absolutely terrible. And I'm no Carr hater. I love Carr. I still think he's a, a, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. But today, that man looked like ass. Overthrowing, underthrowing, the two interceptions. I mean, what he throwing uh, to Renfro, he threw it behind Renfro, and then the one is A. Jones. Like, that had no business being thrown at all. Our wide receivers outside of Renfro, garbage, bro. Edwards, Zay, not it. Um, and, I mean, this is low-key like what I expected. You know, Zay Jones is what, uh, uh, number four wide receiver. Edwards is probably a number Five or number three, I don't know where you, where you put Edwards at, but uh, I didn't think they would win one-on-one matchups against uh, DB1s at all, bro, and today proved that. Um, you know, I had no issues with the play calling. I thought the play, the play calling was solid. It was just the execution. Um, Waller, you know, on paper he had a good game, but he had some costly drops. And uh, at this point, I'm low-key like, Next season, you know, I don't think we should be paying him anything if he wants more money. Um, I think we need to bring uh, Devontae Adams in at all costs if we can. Uh, seeing that we, we possibly are going to sign uh, Deshaun Jackson, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with Deshaun Jackson, but at this point, uh, we, we need something because our wide receivers are garbage. Bringing up Stoner, that man can't even line up properly. I mean, the defense played well, man. They gave up one touchdown. Uh, the other one was a pick six. That was on their core. Uh, we couldn't score in the red zone. You know, that was uh, not good. But um, got the Chiefs next week. Uh, hopefully we have a better product than what we had today. And we don't have this midseason meltdown like we've had uh, the past two seasons. So, yeah, Q, Raider Nation. Y'all know what it is, bro. Raider Nation for life, bro. Raider. 
Raiders. There he is right there, underrated Raider. Thank you for the call. And, man, it's a lot more fun when you're talking about and you're calling in after a victory, right? <laughs> Even the Raiders isn't as excited as it used to be. <laughs> Following a victory, man, the Raiders, everyone's yelling, everyone's screaming, everyone's excited. After a loss, especially the kind of loss they took on Sunday, it's Raiders. I mean, you could just tell, man, it's just, it's gut-wrenching. It really is. And that's why, you know, and I know that I even, you know, started to look ahead a little bit, but uh, that was a game on Sunday that the, the Raiders should have won. They didn't. Uh, the Giants, you got to give them credit for going out there and, and, and taking the victory. Uh, you know, even though the, the, the Raiders were favored, they weren't favored by a lot. I think they were only three-point favorites. So, uh, you know, it wasn't like they were supposed to blow them out. But, man, they sure shouldn't have taken that L. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's one that you're going to look back later. And, and hopefully that one doesn't, you know, prevent you from making it to the playoffs, you know. But it was ugly. You know, Carr had an awful day, no doubt about it. Uh, as far as the Raiders wide receivers, I'm not going to call them garbage. I think that's a little harsh. I think that's an overreaction to a very bad day. Edwards is still really good. I mean, it was just two weeks ago we were talking about Edwards was a dude. You know what I mean? Renfro, we know he's solid. Waller is really good. I mean, he didn't have a lot of big catches when needed. Uh, I know I said multiple times throughout the course of the show or the game uh, while I was watching the game, I said, hey, you know, Waller's got to step up and be the man right now. He hasn't really had a monster game since that first game of the season against the Baltimore Ravens. They need to figure out a way to get him more involved. And I don't care if defenses know he's going to get involved. I mean, that's what that's what studs do. You know what I mean? Guys that are superstars, it doesn't matter if teams know that they're going to get the ball. They just know that they're going to try to they're going to try to slow him down, but they can't contain him. You know, they're going to try to slow him down the best they can. But most of the time, superstars are going to find ways to win. Darren Waller's got to find ways to win. And, and the Raiders and, and uh, Derek Carr have got to find ways to get him the ball early and often because he is a superstar. So that's just one of those things. But uh, like I said, in segment number two, Zay Jones, he didn't step up like I thought he would that. That, I'll say, was disappointing as far as the wide receivers go. Now, Deshaun Jackson, he is coming into the mix. I don't know how much that's going to help as far as just filling a major void, but he is coming into the mix, so uh, we will see. He's supposed to sign sometime today. Next up, I got a text from Matt in the OC. What's up, Q? Raider Matt from the OC. Tough game today. The Giants got outplayed and beat us. We beat ourselves today. The red zone, which was Gruden's Achilles heel, came back today in the worst way. Too many trips without a touchdown. This is why it's so hard to be a Raider fan. Same old story each year. Start the season well, lose to a bad team on the road, and eventually fall short to the end of the season. Heard all year this team is different. Let's see you next week. No need to panic yet. Big game coming up at home. Let's get the W versus KC. Just win, baby. That's Matt in the OC. And I'll say this. As a guy who's said multiple times that this team is different, it looks different, it sounds different, I still believe that. I really do. Uh, again, it's a game on Sunday. I don't think they should have lost, but they found a way to lose. Like you said, I mean, everything statistically was in the Raiders' favor, but the red zone and turnovers, and that's going to get you beat every single time. You get to the red zone six times and you score one touchdown, you're going to lose every single time. I mean, it's just that simple. And then on top of that, you turn the ball over three times. Come on, man. It's just not going to work. I still stand by the fact I believe this team is different. And I do think this is going to be a very tough game coming up on Sunday. I thought it was going to be a tough game anyway, but I really think it's going to be a tough game now coming off this loss. They've got to find a way to flush it. They've got to put this behind them and not even think about it. They cannot allow this loss to beat them twice. If they do that, then we can start talking about, well, maybe it's the same old Raiders. Because then if I see them go out there and sleepwalk through a game or get beat up on their home field uh, and look really bad on Sunday night against the Chiefs, then on Monday we'll talk about, Okay, maybe it is the same old Raiders, but right now I'm not comfortable saying it's the same old Raiders. I just think it was a really bad day at the office and a really bad day for Derek Carr to have that bad day at the office. But thank you so much for your text, my man. I do appreciate you. 
Next up, I got a call from BZ from L.A. He's calling to talk about the game and share his thoughts on what he felt was the biggest issues. Here he is, BZ from L.A. What's up, Q? It's your boy, BZ from Los Angeles. Um, you know, rough loss today, man. But uh I see a lot of hate out there for Derek Carr today. And, you know, I think what we need to realize is he is the emotional leader of this team. So after the week we had, he's going to wear those emotions. I think the biggest thing for these boys today is to focus on the fact of not letting one loss beat them twice and focusing on this upcoming match against the Chiefs and just trying to rebound and resurface. Hopefully they can make a run at Deshaun Jackson. I know they're in the mix for him, and uh, it was evident, man. We, we had no deep threat today. We had no uh, underneath passes like we typically do, and most importantly, we just could not execute in the red zone, and they just can't let that continue to happen. I mean, Football games aren't one between the 20s. It's one in the red zone and, you know, six trips, one touchdown, three field goals, and a fumble just doesn't get it done there. So, um, you know, all hope is not lost. A lot of teams lost in the AFC today. So, you know, really only one team picked up ground as far as the, the league leaders in the AFC. But, um, you know, we're going to have a tough matchup here coming next week, and we've just got to stay focused and uh, hopefully – rebound from that emotional letdown and you know i think it's understandable i mean it's still a heartbreaker but uh, at the same time defense stepped up did their job and we just got to focus on execution you know missed a waller touchdown pass waller dropped a touchdown pass and we just didn't execute in the red zone so i expect it to come out next week at home rebound get this one off our chest and just don't let this game beat you twice one love raider nation just win, baby. Let's go. There he goes. My guy, BZ, and red zone and turnovers, of course, major for the Raiders. That was an ugly display. Can't get in the red zone six times and only get one touchdown, man. You said it perfect. Can't let this loss beat him twice. Been talking about that multiple times here on the show today. Thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Uh, got time for a text, and then I got a tweet that I'm going to get to as well before we wrap up the show. The text is from Raider Rob in Southwest Florida. Raider Rob in Southwest Florida. Q, this is exactly why I said I wasn't convinced this team is a playoff team. They're still too inconsistent. That is not the mark of a championship team. One week at a time from here out, no more talk of playoffs. They haven't earned it. That's from Raider Rob in Southwest Florida. And thank you for the text, and that's fine. That's cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. I get what you're saying. But like I mentioned in segment number two, this team should be a playoff team. Uh, I wasn't comfortable with talking about the playoffs uh, two years ago. Last year, I thought that the team really should take that next step. Uh, obviously they didn't, but man, you're in year four now. You're in year four of what you're calling the next rebuild. Why wouldn't you be a playoff team? You know what I mean? And I get it. They're very uh, inconsistent, and that was a game that they should win, and they didn't. But look at the rest of the division. I mean, look at the league, really. Look at all the upsets, or look at all the games that you look back at on on uh, on Sunday and say, I never saw that coming. I mean, did you see the Bills losing to the Jaguars? I bet you no one in Buffalo saying this isn't a playoff team because they lost to Jacksonville, and Jacksonville stinks. Did you see Denver blowing out the Cowboys? I didn't, but they did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's so many things that happen, and that's why this league, and, and you're right, I mean, you can't just go and fast-forward throughout the season and just say, hey, this team is, is playoff-bound, but this team's got to be uh, uh, in the conversation for playoffs because if they're not, then win. That's the thing, Win. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're not playing to be in the playoffs, what are you playing for? That's what it's all about is to get in the playoffs and ultimately have a chance of winning that Lombardi. If you don't win the Lombardi, if you're not getting into the playoffs to even have a chance to, to play for it, what are you doing? 
The last time the Raiders did it was 2016 is when they got into the playoffs. And we all knew they didn't have a chance then. So by now, I think this would be a conversation that they should be involved in. Now, they do have to take it one week at a time, the team. But I think that if we and if I, I, I'm comfortable talking about the playoffs. Let's put it like that. I'm very comfortable talking about the playoffs. They've just, just got to go out there and execute as I just bit my lip. Great. <laughs> See what happens? I get excited and I bit my lip. Dang it. That's going to that's gonna stink. That's going to sting in the morning. You know how that goes. Oh, well. Appreciate the text, though. Got me fired up. Got me biting my own lip. Thanks, man. <laughs> nah, it's not your fault. I appreciate you. And finally for the show, to wrap up the show, I got a tweet. And this tweet actually comes from Caroline. Caroline said, my husband is an avid Raiders fan from the Bay Area. We live in Southern California now. He tunes in daily to your podcast, and we stream your live afternoon show on 920, Raider Nation Radio 920. He would love to give his input with your thoughts, either on air or on here. Thank you. Uh, and his thoughts were, the loss of Ruggs wasn't just an emotional loss, but they also suffer greatly without a deep threat. Wide receiver as the Giants compressed the backfield which made it tough for Carr. Hearing that Deshaun Jackson signed, so that should help us out. Just win, baby. That's from Caroline's husband uh, by way of Twitter. And thank you so much for that. I appreciate you uh, not only supporting just the podcast, but also supporting the radio show. Uh, I do appreciate that greatly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a big loss. You know, obviously having that deep threat. I mean, he doesn't have the biggest numbers statistically. But, yeah, having that threat out there is major. Deshaun Jackson coming in, is that going to help fill that void? Yeah, a little bit. Not a ton, but it'll help a little bit. And, you know, and then you'll also maybe possibly bring in an Odell Beckham Jr. Who knows? You know, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, that's if he clears waivers. And, of course, he can be a free agent as of Tuesday if he does clear waivers. But we'll see. But, yeah, of course, just by looking at it, you know, from a, a standpoint of a big-time weapon, yeah, that's a big loss. No, no doubt about it. So we'll, we'll see how the Raiders uh, adapt because that's all they can do at this point. He's not coming back. They have to adapt. They have to adjust. And they have to make things, you know, correct or try to correct things the best way they can. Like, like my old Spanish teacher used to say, adapt, improvise, and overcome. That's what you got to do. So we'll see. Shout out to Mr. Cepeda, by the way. Uh, Spanish. Spanish one and Spanish two. Taught them both at the same time. Anyway, obviously I wasn't very good at any of them. But that's all I got time for. I do appreciate all the calls, texts, and tweets. And, uh, of course, Raider Nation, there's a lot to talk about throughout the course of the week. We'll meet with Rich Basaccia a little bit later on this afternoon, uh, bring you some sound from him. Uh, hopefully we'll have a, an official signing when it comes to Deshaun Jackson, and maybe we'll have some clarity on if they're planning on going out to try to make a move for Odell Beckham Jr. or not. I don't think they will, but again, that's just my gut feeling. So we'll see exactly how it shakes out, but it should be a lot of good conversation to have throughout the course of this week as the Raiders prepare for the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's all I got for you. Thank you so much for the calls. Thanks for the text. Of course, we'll have more of those tomorrow on the show. We'll have more news and notes of the day, and we'll have a lot more conversation to get to. So until then, Raider Nation, appreciate you as always. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.